Solomon was aware enough and was privy enough of the word in the Mosaic law to know that, hey, God, hey, my father, King David, he did all these things. And you said that if if we do X, Y, Z, obey your law, statutes and commandments, generations after will be blessed, just like their generational curses, their generational blessings as well. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the pouring a space where living waters flow free. I am your host, Cordia, and I am back uh, with another episode with just exceeding and abundant joy. I'm super excited about this one. Let's not delay. Let's jump on in there. So for those of you who've been following me, my last episode, I teed up a series that I'm starting called Entering or How to Enter the Courts of Wisdom and the various steps it takes in order to do that. And the sort of subtitle was Solomon's Way, so King Solomon's Way. And it's essentially how did King Solomon, our patriarch, right, of the faith, how did he, out of all the patriarchs, perceive God, hear him clearly, and obtain wisdom? I want to continue along the lines of how to enter into the courts of wisdom, how to gain wisdom with our second step. Our first step was giving sacrifice. Officially, we're going to go on to the second step now. As always, I like to start out with the scripture, sort of the anchor scripture for this teaching. We're continuing the story of Solomon in the dream he had where he was he requested of God wisdom. And this is after he sacrificially gave. He burnt, I think it was a thousand burnt offerings. He gave sacrificially to God that got God's attention, as I mentioned in the last episode. And in this episode, we're going to see the next step in what he did in order to progressively move towards gaining wisdom, God bestowing wisdom upon him. All right. So we're going to jump into first Kings three, six. We're going to read two scriptures today. First Kings three, six and seven. First Kings three, six reads as follows. And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. So that first scripture is Solomon essentially reminding God, right? Because God does not forget, but he loves it when we remind him, when we speak back to him, the words that he spoke to us, the words that in the identity that he bestowed upon us. Solomon reminded God of the inherited blessing that he received because he is the son of King David. First Kings 3, 6 is in, in summation is that he reminded God of his identity, his identity as a son of a king. That's powerful. That's key. Now we're going to move on to First Kings 3, 7. And this reads as follows. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. As you can see in this verse, Solomon humbly comes before God and he says, hey, God, now you have made me king because I am the son of King David. Now I am king. I'm the rightful heir. Yes, there is a status that I have and a power that I have. I have the ability to declare and decree a thing. But oh, God, I am but a little child. I am a little child. I don't know how to cope. I don't know what I'm doing. I need you, God. And so as you can see in verse six, Solomon reminded God 
and expressed his identity because he knew who he was. He knew who he was. And in, and in verse seven, he then came to God humbly saying, hey, now I'm king. However, I need the king of kings. And that is him knowing who he is based on whose he is, which is God's. He knows that there is absolutely nothing he can do in this kingdom as king apart from God that is good. God loves it when we remind him of who we are through him. There's something about us speaking back to God that we are his children. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King. We acknowledge the fact that yes, we do have an inheritance. We are kings, we are kings and priests. And I'm going to touch on that, that scripture in a little bit, but we are also children. We are children first. So we essentially sit in the office of a son or a daughter first. I didn't come up with this. I actually learned this from prophetess Tiffany Montgomery. And she often would say the first office that we fill is the office of a son or a daughter. Children realize that they can do nothing outside of their father and our father is God. So Solomon was aware of the promises that were made to him, the inherited generational blessings that were made to him because of who his father was. And so Solomon, nine times out of 10, I'm pretty sure he was aware of the Mosaic law in Deuteronomy 28, 11, where it speaks to the blessings that come from obeying God's statutes, laws, and his commandments. So Deuteronomy 28, 11 reads, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, in the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. Wow. So generational blessings are a part of God's laws. If, again, they're conditional, if one obeys the law, statutes, and commandments, which is what King David did. King David obeyed God's laws, statutes, and commandments. Solomon was aware enough and was privy enough of the word in the Mosaic law to know that, hey, God, hey, my father, King David, he did all these things. And you said that if, if we do X, Y, Z, obey your law, statutes, and commandments, generations after will be blessed, just like their generational curses, their generational blessings as well, okay? So we have to keep that in mind. Solomon was aware of that. And he also was aware of the majesty and omniscience and omnipotence of God and how coming to God humbly and as a child is necessary. He knew, yes, he is in this king status and he receives this inheritance. However, he knew that he is a small fish. I want to touch on a scripture here that speaks to God's majesty and omniscience. And it's in Psalms. And it's a psalm that I believe King David wrote. And so again, Solomon was aware of this. He learned from his father. His father, King David, was the one who essentially instilled at least the framework of the foundation of godly wisdom in King Solomon. King David wrote Psalms 131 verses 1 through 2. And I'm going to read that now. Lord, my heart is not haughty nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child in my soul within me. David knew his place. He knew to stay in a child's place. He knew that humility and reverence unto God was necessary in order for him to to come before God and make requests. He knew that. Solomon, I'm pretty sure as a kid, he was looking at his father. He read the poetry. He had access to just very great knowledge. David was a man after God's heart. 
So just imagine that being your father and that being in your example. Essentially, David primed Solomon to be able to perceive and hear from God when the spirit of wisdom came a hovering, came a knocking. And so Solomon took hold of wisdom and perceived well. What does that look like for believers today? Right. We see the example of Solomon. He knew his identity. He was humble. But what does that look like for us as far as tangible, actionable steps? But before we get there, though, I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and click that subscribe button Mm -hmm. and the notification bell. And remember to click all so you can get all of the notifications and not the personalized ones, which I don't know really the difference. But just click all just in case. All right. I appreciate you. Now back to our regularly scheduled programming. All right, so we're back. I left off talking about what does that now look like as believers when we are following the footsteps of both telling God and reminding God of our identity and humbling ourselves and coming to him as a child. What does that look like as followers of Jesus Christ? As always, scripture. An example of our new identity can be found in 1 Peter 2, 9, and it reads, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is our identity. People of God, men and women of God, our identity is is so beautifully written out and laid out for us, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, right? We're kings and priests in the order of Melchizedek who was a king priest, Jesus, our great high priest, and we are priests under Jesus. So we are royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. So this is our our identity. And so when we know this identity, what do we do with that information? We follow what Solomon did. We repeat back to God, God, I, I honor you. I am a royal priest. I am a king. I am a priest under you. Oh God, oh Jesus, my high priest. I'm your daughter. I am your son. I honor you, oh God. I thank you, oh God, that I have an inherited blessings because I have accepted accepted you into my heart. I have accepted your saving grace. I've accepted salvation. That then makes me a son first, a daughter first, but I have an inheritance as a priest and as a king. And so I can declare and decree a thing and it be so. I can shift atmospheres and walk into rooms and I can receive favor from man because I receive favor from God first. And then that trickles over into man. We are to speak back to God who we are because of whose we are, which we are the sons and daughters of the most high God, right? And then the beauty of childlikeness, there's an example in Luke 18, 17, which reads, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. There we have it. We are to come to God and speak his word back to him. We are to come humbly before him. We are to acknowledge we are his sons and we are daughters and we are absolutely nothing outside of him. Our source and our our resources come from him, right? We live, move and breathe and have our being in him. He is the father of lights. He is who brings our provisions. He's Jehovah Jireh, provider, Jehovah Nisi. He's Elohim. He's El Elyon, the most high God. Speaking back to God, who we are in him, humbly coming before him and saying, yes, we are kings and priests. However, God, we are absolutely none of these things without you and outside of you. Just to just to wrap up what we went 
through, we have to remember that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we have the power. And that's why it's so critical for us to speak over ourselves the promises and the blessings of God, that identity that we have that comes from God. There's power in the spoken word. Remember, the worlds were framed, right? He spoke this world into existence. Speak that you're a king. Speak that you're a priest. Okay. Well, that concludes today's teaching. I hope this was edifying. I love you all. God bless you. Until next time.